got rid of that intro. I hope you've all listened to at least one episode by now and get the idea. If not, hello, welcome. This is women, travel, podcasting, together. Hoping to inspire you to see a little more of the world. I'm your host, Vicky, and I have a travel blog at vickyflipfloptravels.com where I blog about travel, festivals, and anything I fancy, really. So after you've listened to this, go and check it out. This week, the lovely Monica Stott from the travel blog, thetravelhack.com. We talk about everything from travelling Oz in a camper van with her boyfriend Sam, which was over 10 years ago now, to today loving the comfort of her homeland of Wales with her two children and another on the way, and her now fiancé Sam. We talk about as many of the adventures in between as we can fit into 45 minutes. It's a lot of travelling with children advice to be honest, but it's very funny and very educational and I have learned something. I'm really sorry about how grumpy and asleep I sound on this by the way. I had been awake for, I think, about half an hour. We were in Hamburg for a conference and we'd been out the night before and although I hadn't drank much, I do sound quite groggy. So uh, I do cheer up a bit. Little insider secret for you. Normally when I'm at home, I'll sing Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid before I jump on the chat, just to warm up my voice a bit. I'd totally forgotten as soon as I was interviewing her in in person. Um, So there's total morning voice there. But anyway. Monica and I met years ago, I'm going to say eight-ish, something like that. In fact, she was one of the first travel bloggers I ever met in real life. I do actually remember our first meeting, which just shows how important it was to me. She was going on a press trip to Moscow the next day and I was so impressed. These press trips are real? Since then, we've travelled a lot together and even worked together at one point. She's just announced her third pregnancy, although she told me about it six weeks ago. So, you know, it just shows how tight we are, really. Very happy for her, and you can hear her plans for future travels here. Her blog, The Travel Hack, is one of the most popular in the UK right now, and she's even got a branded carry-on case that weekend travellers are going crazy for right now. So if you've been worried about how children and travel mix together, take note of Monica's tried and tested advice. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Monica and I are sat in a super cool, exposed brick wall, hipstery kind of apartment in Hamburg. Which it's, is... It's so cool. It's, yeah. it's a bit too cool for us really, isn't it? I was going to say, it's great for the aesthetic. Not so much for the sound, but... Yeah, it's a bit minimal. A bit too minimal. Plaster's always nice. <laughs> exposed brick walls are cool. <laughs> so Monica, who are you? Introduce yourself to us. So, yes, I'm Monica, and I'm a travel blogger, and I run a blog called The Travel Hack. Um, I've been travelling and blogging for, um, it was 10 years this year, um, and... Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, so 10 years, so it's a crazy long time. Um, I started off backpacking through Australia and Southeast Asia, and that's kind of how it all began. Um, I came home from travelling and carried on blogging. I studied journalism with the intention of being a travel journalist, uh, but it didn't really work out. Um, And uh, I ended up working in social media management. um, And then it wasn't long before I was full-time travel blogging. And now I live in Wales with my partner Sam and our two little boys, um, and yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. So you and Sam travelled around Australia in a camper van. Yes, that's right. How was that? 
Oh, it was amazing. I still, I probably shouldn't say this because I've got children now, but um, that was definitely the best time of my life. I feel like when you're a teenager, that's kind of a dream thing to do with your boyfriend, isn't it? Yeah. Or partner or yeah. friend. Yeah, massively. It was totally my dream. It wasn't really Sam's dream. I kind of like dragged him along for the ride. <laughs> and he did all the driving. But yeah, we bought a camper van in, in Melbourne. And then uh, we literally drove around the entire coast of Australia in this camper van. And it was this beat up old VW transporter that had been converted into a camper van. Um, and it was really old, I think. It, it, it had done so many miles. And we were so surprised that it didn't break down every single day. Um, but it was just like the best adventure ever and we just used to park up at beaches and just spend the night at beach and we used to go fishing and barbecue our fish um, and we stopped on the west coast for a while and worked on a scuba diving and fishing island so that was really cool because that was very it wasn't like touristy <laughs> it was just all Australians who went there on holiday um, so that was a really cool experience and we were on this tiny little island for six months and there are about eight of us worked on this island. So it was quite intense. Um, it was really, really small. Um, but that was amazing. And that taught us loads of skills that really helped then when we were back on the road and back in the camper van and carried on driving. And yeah, we drove all the way around back to Sydney. Wow, that sounds yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It really was. I mean, there were downsides as well. It was a little bit stressful because there were times when we had no money. And we knew like, if we broke down or something, we genuinely had no money to fix it. So that could be stressful. And there were times when we would go a long time without seeing anyone else. And for a few days, that's really fun and it's romantic and it's all, all exciting. Mm. But I'm sure, I don't really remember it now, but I'm sure there were times when we drove each other crazy and it was just a bit too much. Um, and there were times when it was just literally driving for days. But it was all, yeah, it was all amazing. It was all really fun. I'd love to do it again. Mm. Did you... Did you lead the way with driving, or was it Sam? Or oh, no, Sam did all the driving. Oh, Sam did all of it. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> you were fancy giving it again? <laughs> well, I did a little bit, but I think in our relationship, Sam's always been the driver. He Because he enjoys driving. Right. And I just drive if I have to get places. So oh, yeah. I would be the DJ, and he would be the driver. Okay, work um, to your skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we were both cool with that. I'm very good at napping. Do a lot of that. Okay. <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, but, yeah, he preferred... Oops. <laughs> we just dropped the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, we, it was fine. It worked out okay. And I did a tiny bit of driving, probably just to take a photo of me driving and be like, right. oh, I'm driving my camper van. <laughs> that was it. Okay. Um, so that's quite intense, spending that much time with, um, yeah. Well, with your partner. Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, I don't know, I didn't. I didn't really feel like it was intense at the time, but obviously it was. And I think working on the island in particular was intense um, because we only really had each other and a couple of members of staff who we worked with. Mm. So that was quite full on. And obviously because we were working, it wasn't like adventure, adventure every day. Mm. So that was different. Um, but the actual camper van part, I suppose because you're so busy as well, mm. it takes away some of the intensity and it's so fun and exciting. And we did make friends along the way. And obviously you'd find that people would either be driving up the coast or down the coast. So yeah, there's kind of only one way route, to go, two yeah. directions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we did make friends along the way. Um, we made friends with a group of guys who also had a camper van and that was on the East Coast and we drove pretty much all the way down the East Coast with them. And then we all got to Sydney at the same time and um, we all kind of stuck together in Sydney a bit. Oh, that's so nice. That's yeah. Cool. And then in Sydney, did you get jobs? Yeah, we worked again in Sydney. I had an awful job. 
oh my god, well, it, it wasn't really awful. So uh, the year before, Sam had worked um, for a company that delivered Christmas hampers. Right. You know those things where you pay a tiny amount every month or every week. Oh yeah. January, and then, yeah. And then when Christmas rolls around, they send you a massive hamper of stuff. Mm. Um, so he was delivering these Christmas hampers in these big vans. Um, and I think that was really fun, actually, because it was a load of British lads, massive trucks, just driving around Sydney delivering these Christmas hampers. And he really enjoyed it because he got to see so much of Sydney. Like, yeah, that's cool. Really know, even now, he knows his way around Sydney. And get to go to, like, people's houses and stuff. Yeah. I'd enjoy that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get the little nose. Yeah, he, <laughs> I, he actually said it was really interesting um, because, obviously, as a backpacker, you see the city centres and you see like all the posh places and you see all like the cool, you know, cool people in the city, but you don't see the suburbs at all, do you? So yeah. like, when you travel anywhere, you don't see the suburbs. And yeah, he said it was really interesting. Um, so yeah, so he'd done that the year before and then the next year they invited him to go back and do it again, but work more like a manager and he was managing these delivery trucks going out. And then they asked me to go in and do like the admin side of things. But it was in this massive warehouse for about eight weeks. Um, and we basically didn't see the light of day for eight weeks. We oh had God. to go in at four o'clock in the morning. And we finished at about five o'clock in the afternoon. Didn't go outside. Just saw all these British backpackers coming in and collecting their parcels and going off. And I basically, my job, it was actually amazing. And it was amazing for blogging as well. Because my job was to um, fix anything if it went wrong. So like if the lads dropped a box... And they smashed loads of things. It was my job to reorder it and get it sent back out. To oh, right, okay. But they barely ever dropped anything. Yeah. So I didn't really have anything to do. So I sat there for eight weeks for like 12 hours a day just working on my blog. Oh, and sweet. like researching blog stuff and just learning how to use like... I was on Blogger at that time, but I learned about coding and just learned about loads of stuff because I didn't have anything to do. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a perfect job then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And we got paid really well. And obviously, because we worked such long hours, we didn't have anything to spend our money on. Oh, so it's good for savings. Yeah. So we saved then enough money to then travel around Asia, I think for about four or five months on the way home, get home and like set ourselves up. We bought cars. Uh, and then I enrolled on a journalism course in London moved to London, so that job gave us enough money to do that. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and you just think, oh, it's just a little backpackery job, but yeah. then that kind of set you up for yeah. your career. It's yeah. crazy. So um, how did you manage to save up in the first place to go away with Sam in the camper van? Um, so basically what we did, um, I think, so before we went travelling, Sam sold his car. So that was his kind of share. But I was in uni, and on my final year of uni, I basically worked full-time. Right. So I obviously had my student loan, um, but then I, I did English at uni, and I only had to be in uni four days a week. And I did I absolutely loved the social side of uni. I fully embraced the social side. But I didn't particularly enjoy my course and like the learning side, so I didn't really go very often, to be honest. Right. Uh, and I just about managed to breeze through it. Um, uh, so, yes, yeah, so I worked... Um, I worked in a cafe which was right next to my lecture halls so when I did have my four four lectures a week I could just nip off and go to a lecture oh four lectures not four days oh yeah did I say four days yeah yeah oh no I meant four, four hours. lectures oh right yeah, okay, literally yeah. four hours a week <laughs> so yeah I just I basically had a full-time job um so I say so just go on your lunch hour to uni yeah pretty much they were <laughs> really cool. cool about it they used yeah. to like send me off to my lectures with a piece of cake and a cup of coffee <laughs> that's cool <laughs> yeah and I'd go to a lecture and then come back um, so it's perfect, and it was a really lovely cafe. It was like a healthy eating 
it wasn't vegan at the time because vegan wasn't really a massive yeah. but um it would be now um and it was just a really lovely um it was in like a women's college and it was a college I think they sort of tried to aim themselves at disadvantaged women, women who'd had difficult childhoods, difficult backgrounds, bad relationships, that kind of thing. It was about getting women back on their feet and back in the workplace. Um, so it was just a really lovely place to be mm. and um, a lovely, yeah, lovely place to work. And I used to start work usually about six o'clock in the morning. Um, so I still used to go out every single night, get in at like two, sleep for a few hours, get up and go to work. And then I finished by about two or three in the afternoon. Um, so I don't feel like I missed out on anything to do with uni. Mm. Like I still did a bit of work, still had nights out, still had loads of time with my friends, but still worked. Yeah, that's what I was like in third year as well, because I didn't have that many hours on my course either. And um, I had a few jobs that I just made it work around that. And then I could just save so much money. Because as well as having the job, it meant that you didn't go out. Like some of my friends would go... Like, I'd go out at night, obviously, but some of my friends would just go bored into town and then they'd end up shopping for things that they didn't really didn't need, whereas yeah. I was making the money rather yeah. than spending the You're money. You're too busy to waste the money. Yeah, yeah. I felt like a lot of my friends and housemates basically just spent a lot of time on the sofa. Yeah, yeah, just like watching what, Hollyoaks. Yeah, daytime <laughs> telly and stuff, and I've just never really been that into that either, so I didn't feel like I was missing out. No. So yeah, it worked out well. Yeah, so then yeah, so then we travelled around Asia for a few months, then got to Sydney and didn't have much money. We worked in Sydney, um, then moved to Melbourne, worked in Melbourne and saved enough to buy our camper van. But we were really cutting it fine there. We really didn't have a lot of money. Mm. Um, so we bought our camper van, and then we drove to the island that we worked on on the west coast. And again, the island was a great place to work because we were there for six months, um, and a lot of the guests used to buy us drinks. So we didn't uh, and. So our pay wasn't great, but we got our food and accommodation Bed included. Board, yeah. yeah. Um, so we didn't spend anything for six months. So every every single penny we earned, we saved. So um, yeah, Sounds like a good way of doing it. I think yeah. when you think, oh, I haven't got enough money to travel. Because one of the first things I did was go to some, go and work at summer camp in America. Because you got bed and board. And if we hadn't have bought drinks every night, then I would yeah. have saved quite a bit of money on that. But it didn't cost that much to do it and then you get paid at the end as well so I think there are ways to yeah. get around not having much money if you can just raise a little bit for your airfare yeah you need I think you need enough to get out there maybe enough to last you a month enough to get back as yeah, well yeah enough for a plane home and you're alright and realistically for most people that's probably going to be about four grand which is a lot of money I know that's a lot of money yeah <clears throat> but I think people think they need to save like 20 grand yeah and you don't Go, just go and work and yeah, just work, work along the way. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things with working abroad and jobs as well is that in the jobs I've had in England and abroad, I've met some of the coolest people and had some of like the best experiences because yeah. then you really get to know people rather than just meeting someone in a hostel or whatever for a few days. You actually work with them and get to know them and have good times after work. And yeah, work definitely. And yeah, yeah, it's a totally different experience. So from traveling in Australia, then you moved to London and you both worked on your careers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then did you travel much? Go on the holidays, I guess. Um, yeah, well, I didn't really. So then I got a job as an intern on a travel website, mm. and that was minimum wage, so I barely had any money. But then quite quickly, I started getting invited on press trips for my blog. Oh, okay. And then I suppose for the next five years, I did travel a lot, but it was all press trips. So have you done much solo travel? What are your thoughts on solo travel? Um, I don't like solo travel. I'm not a solo traveller, and I always get lumped. Sorry, lump sounds like I don't want to be there. But I get sort of put together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People say I'm a solo traveller and I'm just not. So just 
I don't know, I'm just, yeah, no, I don't really enjoy it. And it's not that I don't like spending time alone. I'm not one of those people who always likes to be with people. I'm perfectly happy, so I work by myself at home. I love that. Um, I just find solo travel a bit lonely. And, yeah, I just prefer to have somebody there with me. Mm. So, yeah, I have done bits, but it's mostly because it's work. Yeah, and just, like, a week or two at a time. Yeah, yeah. And if I have the choice to take someone with me, I always would. Yeah. Uh, And people always say, oh, next time you go away, take me with you. But realistically, it doesn't happen because people have got jobs, they've got lives, they can't afford to like financially take a, a week to go traveling but also can't take it off work yeah yeah or would rather save their holidays for partners uh, yeah 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 when you've only got 20 to 25 days holiday to yeah. take it off sometimes yeah so yeah if I have to for work I'll travel alone but whenever I can I won't mm. um, and press trips are usually group trips like sort of five six seven people um so yeah that's fine I think it must be quite interesting for some people to hear that Someone's like, yeah, I don't like solo travel. Because I feel like there is this whole like solo travel where we need to empower ourselves and travel by ourselves. And obviously I do like solo travel and I do it a lot, but not everyone has to. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I felt for a long time like I wasn't allowed to say I didn't like solo travel. (laughs) Because I I don't know. It's not cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely not cool to not like solo travel. But yeah, I just get lonely. Yeah, that's that's fine. Thanks, big. Um, so now you're mummy to two babies. Yeah. Well, how old are they now? They are two and three, okay. uh, nearly four. So, yeah, not so much babies anymore. And you've got another one yeah, on the way. Yeah, another little one on the way. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have three babies, which is uh, equally terrifying and exciting. Yeah. So you've obviously managed to travel quite a lot with George and Joseph. Yeah. How are you feeling about another... I'm not. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I'm not feeling it at all. Yeah, no, I'm not going to... I think as well, like, as a travel blogger with children, I feel, I did feel a sort of sense of responsibility to show that you can travel with children and it's not that hard and you don't need to feel like you either have to stay in the UK or you just have to go to all-inclusive, family-friendly resorts where you don't really do anything. I felt like I really should get out there and show that you can travel with children. And you can. And we've had so many amazing holidays. I just don't fancy doing it with three. Yeah. I don't fancy the long-haul flights with three. What about... I've seen um, couples or women travelling solo and they're, like, trekking up Machu Picchu and they've got their baby in the back and they're like, you can do it too. Do you think you can? <laughs> or do you think it's just... <laughs> Then they suddenly go back to their luxury hotel yeah. when they've got the photo. I think you can. I just don't... Well, I don't know. Maybe their children are better than my children. But I, Never. I feel like um, I do it as well. I'll share a picture, you know, of a lovely family photo on a beach somewhere and it's all beautiful. And it's literally perfect for an hour. Yeah. Literally, you get just... Oh, and it's absolutely beautiful and you have the best hour. But then 20 minutes later... One of them's pooed and one of them's hungry yeah. and yeah. I don't know, it, it's not it's not everything that I think photos show that it is and everybody thinks, oh, you know, it's absolutely perfect all the time, but everything takes so much longer um, and I'm not complaining because I love it. I love yeah. being a mum, obviously. You just don't see the carnage before the photo and after the yeah. photo. Yeah, exactly. And you've just got to accept that everything's a lot harder, it takes a lot longer, you see a lot less. Um, and I just think as well, the time that they're young it is so quick yeah yeah um, you've got a few years haven't you? yeah so I don't know just enjoy those few years don't you don't need to stress yourself out by going and having massive adventures 
you can have smaller adventures, stay mm. closer to home, have easier holidays. Because it's only for a couple of years. And then when they get to like six or seven, mm. get back out there again and have some fun. I guess um, smaller things can be adventures as well. Like you were saying yesterday about how travelling with George is so much, and Joseph is just so much fun because they're so excited by everything. It's the first time they've seen this, the first time they've seen that. And yeah. So everything gets more exciting and adventurous for you, I guess. Yeah. You don't need to see the biggest mountain. You can go and climb a hill. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, just, just a tiny little rock. Really. Yeah, yeah. Super chuffed. Um, yeah, I was saying this about how when I first had George and he was a little baby, everyone was saying it's so lovely to travel with young children and see the world through their eyes. But literally for the first two years, he would have been just as chuffed to go to Aldi. And he'd, right. and he'd be like, oh, stop, he's all good. And he'd get so excited. And then we'd take him to Dubai and he'd be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is fun. But he wouldn't be any more excited than he had been going to Aldi. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, just, I don't know, yeah, take them if you want to take them, but don't feel like they're going to have any kind of cultural experience because they're babies. Yeah. Um, but now that he's nearly four, now that I, now I'm really seeing it and I understand what people mean by seeing the world through a child's eyes and it is really exciting and it is really fun. And some of the things that I would have thought was a bit boring, like going to a museum and looking at like dinosaur fossils, they are, oh my God, they're so excited by mm. dinosaur fossils. And it does make it more exciting. It just changes everything. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So um, what tips do you have? I guess one of the main things that puts people off taking their children travelling is the plane ride, yeah. surely. Yeah. No, I do have some tips, actually. Just Go on. remember it doesn't last forever. Oh, yeah, it will one. end. <laughs> there is an end. Somehow. And you will get there. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's all you've got to think. Because, and as well, it's really hard with um, planes because we've had some amazing flights with both the boys and they both sat really nicely, been really quiet, fallen asleep really quickly, played really nicely, barely made a noise. And we've been that family when people have got off the plane and they've been like, oh, I didn't even know there was a child there. Or like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're a credit, your children are a credit to you. And you're like absolutely beaming and it's the best feeling ever. <laughs> you're like, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> equally, we've had just as many bad flights where one of them screamed the whole flight or, you know, you spilt food everywhere and it's just a nightmare. And yeah, we've it's been like sort of half and half. So I think just accept um, that it could be awful. But it will end, and you yeah. will get off. And they usually do serve free booze, so it's easier. <laughs> Is there anything you can take on the flight? I mean, obviously, I you see babies, um, children with iPads and things like that, just to keep them quiet. And their yeah, TV iPads. Shows. Um, so what we do, um, the boys don't have iPads at home because they get a bit weird about them, and they just get glued to them, and we can't mm. get them off them, and they just whinge and whine for the iPads constantly. So we've told them that iPads only work on planes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good That's a good And they genuinely believe this. So we're going to cling on for that for as long as we can. <laughs> um, so it means that when we do get on the plane, they're super excited to have them. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they'll, well, George, anyway, will sit and play with it for hours. So that's fine. I think it's a harder age from the age of about 18 months to about two and a half, um, when they don't have the attention span to mm. sit and watch a film or play a game for that long and they just get bored and they just want to run around and they're still too young to realise that they should really be quiet and sit nicely. So that's just a difficult age to travel with. Babies are fine because babies might scream but they'll also fall asleep quite quickly. Mm. Um, whereas toddlers um, don't sleep as much and just have loads of energy. Mm. So I think, I think so for baby number three, now that we know that, I think we'll probably just avoid any long haul flights for like a year. Mm. 
Um, and I think a few years ago, just even the thought of that, I would have been horrified to think we wouldn't go long haul for a whole year. Mm. But I think now you realise that that time goes so quickly. It's not a long time. Yeah, don't put yourself and the children under the pressure, I guess. Yeah. If it's yeah. not necessary. Have you ever flown with them by yourself? Are you always with Sam? Yeah. No, I have flown just with George by myself. Um, and so I was flying to Portugal to meet my mum and dad out there. And um, it was awful, actually. On the way out there, I think it's fine. But on the way home, um, there were... Yeah, I thought it was going to be fine. So I sat down and I was surrounded by a group of women who were about 50. Uh, I think they'd been away for someone's birthday or something. And I thought, well, these women are going to be amazing. Like, obviously, 50-year-old women are the best people with babies. I thought they were going to be great. <laughs> but they weren't. They were horrible. Oh, and what were? Um, they, like, every time we made a noise, they were just kept looking. They're like, oh, keep, keep the child quiet. Oh, um, being all judgy. Yeah. And obviously, they'd had children probably 20 years ago and forgot what it's like, yeah. and they're like, oh, our children were perfect, our children made a sound on a flight. Oh, God, how annoying. Yeah, so that made me stressed, and then I think, obviously, George picked up on my stress, yeah. and he cried for the entire flight. <laughs> and now, now I'm not that bothered, and I think, well, screw you, you should have been a bit nicer to us. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't feel like that at all, and I felt awful, and I thought that I was ruining their flight, and I felt Yeah, I feel like if it was me, I'd get, like, in a bit of a flap, and then, as you say, your child can pick up on that, and then they'll get the flap, and then it's all gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was just an awful flight, and I was nearly in tears by the time I got on the flight. Mean Um, old ladies. Yeah. But, I mean, it happens, and I think as long as you know that that can happen and prepare yourself for it, yeah. What would you do if you were on a flight and one of the babies was crying and then someone said, would you like some help? I'll take it. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be like... If you'd... No, it's lovely, actually. Um, so we had a flight. It was flying home from Dubai, actually. Um, and on the way out there, the boys were perfect. Actually, on the way home as well, they were really, really good. Um, so we got on the plane. We got on the plane last, which was what we always try and do. And we sat down. We've been sat down for like 30 Is that seconds. just so they've got less time on the plane? Yeah, yeah as okay. little time on the plane as possible, really. Yeah. And um, we sat down, and as soon as we sat down, the woman behind us was like, oh, this is a joke, can't believe they're sat there. So straight away we were on edge. And we hadn't even taken off, and the boys, honestly, weren't even making that much noise. But again, I was on edge straight away. Mm. Uh, and a woman sat behind us, um, she stood up, and she was like, can you two control your children? <gasps> Uh, and I was tired and I was stressed, and oh, it was awful. But straight away, the other passengers around us stood up for us and one woman's like they're, they're not doing anything wrong we haven't heard a peep out of them you need to pipe down and everyone around us was lovely really really nice and apparently this woman had been kicking off as soon as she got on the plane oh just something to moan about yeah she was just one of those people mm. it, it obviously made me feel like awful and I was really upset about it and I went to the toilet and when I came out of the toilet there were two ladies waiting there for me to say, like, don't worry, your kids are being absolutely fine, you've done Aww. nothing wrong. And that was just really lovely. Yeah. Yeah, you just want some like validation that, yeah, that in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean kids talk. <clears throat> you can't just tell kids to sit there and be silent. Yeah. And they're just like picking on you. Yeah. Because other people will be talking, other people will be yeah, being exactly. right. if it was an adult talking, yeah. I say anything. Yeah. Because a child's talking about Peppa Pig. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what packing tips do you have for people who have children? Um, I see this all the time. People think they need to pack everything. But if you go into a country that has babies, which is virtually every country, yeah. they're going to have everything that They've babies stuff, need. Yeah. Because yeah. everywhere babies poo, so they will need nappies. Yeah. Everywhere, you know, they'll have things like formula and baby food and baby yeah. wipes. You so you don't need to stress yourself out by overloading your luggage. No. 
No, definitely not. Okay, no, I mean, that's a good tip. Yeah, we never take anything. <laughs> Just get it all when you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, take ha- enough for like the first day, but yeah, that's it. What age do children travel through? Under Up four? until they're two. Oh, two. Oh, right. Yeah, but okay. actually it's fine because by the time they get to two, you don't want them on your lap anyway. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so we've had it a few times when we've like squeezed in a flight just before they turn two. And they're actually really regretting. Too heavy and yeah. wiggly. Oh, they're just a pain. Yeah. yeah, you haven't got any space. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it can be a bit of pain. Uh, but it's equally awkward if you buy them a flight. So we went skiing just before George turned two. And Joseph was a baby, so we didn't want to have both of them on our laps. Yeah. Because we thought we might end up with someone sat next to us as well. And it was a cheap flight, so we bought George a seat anyway. But it was a nightmare because none of the staff could understand why he had a seat, even though he wasn't two. Oh. So they kept trying to put someone in his seat. Oh no! And he wasn't allowed to sit in his seat for takeoff and landing, and they were just, everyone was just really confused about why he had a seat. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I know. Easy jet. <laughs> Good old easy jet. Yeah. Um. So since having children, how has your destination choice changed, and like accommodation? How does it change things? Um. So yeah, we definitely try and stay a bit closer to home. Um. To avoid the long haul flights, I suppose. Um. But, uh, so in terms of accommodation, we always try and do Airbnb or mm. some kind of apartment where you have a kitchen and a living room. Yeah, some of my friends booked a hotel as their first one with their baby, and they said it was just not good, because then they were just stuck there yeah. when the baby was sleeping, and so they're just sitting there like... Yeah, and you're trying to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and both of our kids, oh, not everyone has this, but both of our kids are very, like, routine when it comes to bedtime. And they go to bed at half six, and if they don't go to bed at half six, they're an absolute pain in the ass. Um, and they just whinge and whine because they're tired, which is fair enough, that's fine, and that's kind of what we train them to do at home. Yeah. Um, so we can't expect them to get out of that when we go away. So, yeah, when we've stayed in hotels, we've put them to bed, and then, yeah, you're literally just stuck there in your yeah. room. And then if you haven't got a balcony or anything, you just have to sit there quietly. <laughs> sit there in silence yeah. with the TV on there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we don't do hotels anymore. Um uh, especially the thing with hotels as well is if unless you all want to be in the same room together you have to get two rooms and then that's so expensive yeah so you're much better getting an apartment even if you only get a one bed apartment it means that once they've gone to bed you can sit in the living room yeah, and yeah. space. what about though the hotels with kids clubs do you use kids clubs yeah 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 we do yeah because love kids clubs um so they're always good and i hadn't realized that kids clubs are normally included in the price so you don't pay for it. Oh, and when good. you think that daycare at home is so expensive... Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, how much is daycare in England? Like so £70? Yeah, each, daycare's between about £50 and £70, depending right. on where you live. Um, so then to go on holiday and get it included... Oh, yeah. It's amazing. You've got two. Yeah. <laughs> that works out cheaper. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so taking that day. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to live in a kids' club hotel. Yeah. In an apartment. In but, the like, kids' clubs <laughs> definitely vary. Um, and they all go through phases where they don't want to go in the kids' club and they cry to go in the kids' club, so you, you can't really leave them. Um, but I think that's a good thing for us about having... Oh, you don't just leave them in the kids' club? Sometimes you do, but oh, right. you can't just leave them, like, if they're screaming. No, yeah. But, yeah, that was a good thing about having two so close together, because they've always got each other, so they're always yeah. going to a kids' club together. Yeah, I guess they get bracketed in the same age. Nearly. Thing. Well, we can ask for them to be. Yeah. It means that George, who's the older one, usually has to go in a younger room. Right. Um, but that's fine. Yeah, as long as they're together, they, they don't mind. So what what would you say to any travel lovers who maybe want children, 
but are worried about taking them with them or even having children in the first place. Yeah, I get this a lot from people who were like, you know, don't know if they want children because they think it would like completely change their life and they can't do all the things they want to do. Yeah. Um, I would just say, if I could, it just doesn't have to. It doesn't have to at all. But I, I do admit as well, though, that I'm quite lucky that my parents live close by and they will have the kids for a weekend. So Sam and I can still have weekends away without the kids, mm. which I think is important for a couple, especially a couple like us who love to travel. Like, it's a really big part of our lives, and I think we'd be quite sad if we couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, so that definitely helps, and we're really, really lucky to have that. Um, but, yeah, you, you can still go everywhere that you would want with children, but also remember as well in the grand scheme of things, it's probably only three years where it's actually difficult to travel with them. Yeah. And three years is nothing. No. It goes so by it, quickly, doesn't it? If you look back on the last three years. Yeah, 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 exactly. And to think of in three years' time, that feels like such a long way away. But it's it's not really when you think about your whole life. Mm. Um, and yeah, we do loads of holidays close to home, like just nice, easy little trips, short flights and things. Um, so yeah, it doesn't, the adventures don't have to stop, but they do change. Mm. But um, you definitely don't have to just stick to all-inclusive resorts, although they are easy. Yeah. You do try and do maybe one a year. Yeah. I guess if you want like a proper holiday, we can just chill out. Yeah, where you literally don't have to do anything. Everything's catered for you. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're a working mum. Yeah. And your work takes you all over the world, takes you travelling. Um, how, how do you make that work? Like going away for a week um, at a time? Well, to be honest, I just see it as anyone else would see it who works and has to travel for work. So I've got loads of friends who have like businessy jobs. I don't really understand businessy jobs. But <laughs> Generic business job. Yeah. They yeah. work in offices and wear suits. <laughs> um, and they have to travel for work. And it's just the same as that, really. Kids yeah. go into full-time daycare. Um, I mean, it's quite tough on Sam because then he works during the daytime and then he's got to pick the kids up and... He's got a, it's basically like being a single parent for a few days. Yeah. And that's difficult. It's really difficult. And I don't think you appreciate how hard that is until you do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm really lucky that Sam's really cool about it. But also, I mean, that's our family income, really. Yeah, yeah. So, um... I guess he gets so many, well, all of you get so many benefits from your job and your lifestyle and everything that it's just another part of the job that you have to yeah. accept and it's your career and it's you and yeah exactly that's it's it. the way it is so you just kind of get over it and um yeah I suppose for me as well as a kid my mum traveled a lot for work she had the generic business job that I had no <laughs> idea what she did yeah. um and she went abroad maybe twice a week um so for me it was really normal to like have a mum who went away for work and went away on business yeah. and would be away for a couple of nights at a time and be at home with my dad and have my dad look after us so for me going away um on a blog trip or something it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really feel that weird um and I try and limit it and there've been times so I went away on like a 10 maybe 12 day trip once when George was young and it was too long yeah so now I would never do more than maybe five or six days uh, and it's just, it's hard on Sam as well, and I've got to remember that, that it is tough to be at home on your own with them all the time. Yeah. Um, and I miss them, obviously. And I think as they get older as well, they miss me. Um, so I found that when they were babies, they didn't really miss me, to be honest. As long as someone was there looking after them, mm. and someone was giving them attention, they didn't really mind who it was. Mm. Um, but as they get older now, they miss me, and mm. that, that makes me feel a bit sad. Yeah. 
for kids always talk about missing their parents, well, don't yeah. they? Whatever age they are, you've never had enough attention, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it is true. Even if you've got a full-time job, children will miss... Like, I mean, like, a nine-to-five job. Yeah, Children yeah. will miss their parents, won't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so they can just deal with it. <laughs> over it. <laughs> but it's nice as well, so say if I go away for five days in a month, I'm then at home for the rest of the month. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's perfect, and I love that, and... Yeah, it's lovely to be at home with them so much. Yeah. But then at the same time, like anyone with kids knows, it does get really intense and it is really hard work. So then it's lovely for me to then get away for a week. Yeah, yeah, and just sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Like yeah. More than 12 hours, that's amazing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it swings and roundabouts, it's pros and cons to both, but for us as a family, it works really well. Some families, it wouldn't work well. Yeah, I think by the sounds of it, what works for you is obviously you live where you grew up you live right near both yours and Sam's families yeah you've got loads of friends around obviously good jobs and so you can pay for childcare and yeah like that. I think that's the thing that we are really grateful for that we can afford to pay for childcare yeah um, so my mum and dad aren't always on hand to babysit um, so we can we can pay for babysitters yeah um, and we can pay for full time daycare and yeah I mean that, that makes it much easier um, so you're obviously an advocate for weekend travel. Don't have to go long haul to have a big adventure. Yeah. Where are your favourite weekend destinations in the UK? Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Always Wales. So we live on the border of Wales. Um, so it's quite a weird place because it literally is right on the border. And I think when I tell people I live in Wales, they think I live like right in the valleys. But actually I live closer to Chester. Um, so you actually live in Wales? Uh, yeah. Or you live in... Right, no, right. I, I, I live in Wales... But, like, if I was going to go shopping, I'd go to Chester, because that's my closest place. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of Welsh? Yucky da. I know what that is. Isn't yeah. that have yes. a cup of tea or something? No, that means oh. cheers. Oh. <laughs> Close. Drinks related. What's cup of tea? Didn't you know cup of tea? Tea is just, like, tea. Oh. Yeah. This is just tea with a funny accent. <laughs> Yucky da. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can say araf. That means slow. Because that's red on all the roads. Oh, right. Okay. So you're not quite fluent, then? Savile boost. And he's bus stop. <laughs> What would be useful then? Yeah, doing hoffy coffee. It means I like coffee. Doing hoffy coffee. Doing hoffy coffee. Doing hoffy coffee. Okay, I'll practice that. Uh, doing hoffy squad John. It means I like chips. <laughs> so this is what you've learned from thirty years in Wales. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I can say things like colours and actually to be fair, now George learns Welsh in school, so he's coming home teaching me things. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's really cute though. So um, yellow is melon. Um, so he's learning all his colours at the minute, but he then gets mixed up and thinks melon is melon. Oh yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, so, and obviously you get yellow melons, so I can see why he's got confused there, but now he's just sort of giving names of colours, like fruits, different fruits. It's a confusing time being for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so fruit and colours are all getting a bit muddled up there. <laughs> um, so what is it about Wales you think is so great? Why would that be your number one place to go? I just think it's totally underrated. I think one thing I do have to admit about Wales is that if you get the weather, I genuinely wouldn't want to be anywhere else. It's beautiful. But when it rains, it's a bit yeah. miserable. It's the same for anywhere in the UK, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's the trouble. I think the UK is brilliant. And on a sunny day, everyone goes mad and they just love it, don't yeah. they? Everyone tops, tops off. <laughs> tops off, beers out. Yeah. And they just love it. Because it is the best place in the world on a sunny day. Yeah. But yeah, I think I've been to Wales. I've only ever been to Port Marion for festival number six. Oh, yeah. And then I climbed Snowdonia once on a new year, and yeah, it rained a lot uh, both times. Rained yeah. a lot in Port Marion. Yeah, did it? Yeah. That's not great, is it? 
Are there, what are the official stats for how rainy it is? Like, is it that rainy? No, I don't think it's any more rainy than anywhere else. Oh, okay. I don't think it's, I don't know, I don't think it's particularly rainy. I don't know, actually. It's no more, yeah, as far as I know. Yeah. But um, obviously the UK just rains a lot. Yeah. And I suppose everything that you do in Wales is so outdoorsy that you notice it more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that can make it difficult. And that's why I feel like we're really lucky where we are. Because we're on the border of so much gorgeousness. Yeah. If it's a nice day, you're like, oh, just pack up the car and drive to Snowdon. Yeah. I guess if you go west, you've got all the outside and gloriousness of Wales. Yeah. And if you go east, you've got town centre and... Is that the right way now? Um, I don't... I, I'm yeah. doing the whole never-treaded <laughs> route thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, one way you can go to all the towns of England. Yeah, well... And then the other way, the glorious like outdoors. And five things. minutes you're in Chester. Yeah. Like... I don't know, less than an hour you're in Manchester or Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, if you drive an hour in the other direction, you're in Snowdonia. And... So where are the best places in Wales for a beginner? I don't know anywhere apart from the two places I've been. Um, where should people go? Well, I'm mostly, well, I'm in North Wales, so I'd mostly say around that. And I love Port Marion. Port mm. Marion's amazing. It's like this little Italian village in the middle of Wales, and you just feel like you've stepped into somewhere else. It's amazing. It's like the Amalfi Coast in Wales, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. With a bit of imagination. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you've got nice weather. Um, so that's gorgeous. Everywhere around Snowdonia is really pretty. Um, the little villages around there. Uh, and I would recommend hiking up Snowdon as well. Mm. Um, and There's a few easy routes. We, I'm sure we did an easy route. Yeah, it's fair. It's not that hard, is well, it? You just go slowly. If you're not very fit, um, you, would just, you just take all day about it, which is fine. But you can take the train up there as well. Which is what we're going to do in the summer with the boys. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, what, train up Snowdon? Yeah, proper train. All the way to the top. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Didn't notice that. Uh, well, it only runs when the weather's nice, I think. Oh, okay, right, yeah. But there's loads of adventure activities in Wales now as well. Like, they had a massive push on adventurous stuff, and there's like Surf Snowdonia, which is a man made surf dome thing. There's loads of glamping. Is it? Is that where the um, big uh, trampoline in yeah, a cave thing is? No, yeah. No, yeah. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Every time anyone goes, I'm always pregnant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You're not Stop having babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I've never been there, um, but that looks amazing. Yeah. I've been to um, Zip World, which is like the, I think it's the longest zip line in the world. Um, and the fastest in Europe. So that's really fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really good. It's just like loads of activities like that around there, loads of family friendly stuff, and yeah, it's just lovely. It's just really beautiful. So it's good for adventure seekers. What about um, food? <laughs> what Welsh yeah. delicacies are there? Welsh cakes. Yeah, that's what I can think <laughs> yeah. of. Welsh, Welsh cake's pretty good. Um, What's a Welsh cake? A Welsh cake's like a scone that's flat, sugary, um, right? Got loads of sugar coating. Is it? Yeah. Am I the right thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They usually just have a sprinkle of sugar. It's not like full on sugary. Yeah, it's just like a scone, really, with like yeah, a tiny sprinkle. And they're lovely, and you toast them and have them with butter and tea, and yeah, that's really good. Oh, what's that one then? Yeah, right. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Welsh food is really varied, really. Welsh rabbit. Is it actually Welsh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not really a massive thing. Basically, posh cheese on toast, yeah. isn't it? yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and around obviously around the coast, I think Anglesey is my favourite place for food. There's like loads of fresh seafood and lobster, Ooh, and nice. yeah, it's really good. There's this place in Anglesey called the Lobster Pot, 
it's just amazing. Just the nicest lobsters. And, mm, yeah, it's dead good. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and would Wales be a good place to like rent a camper van and drive yeah, around? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we've been speaking about this quite a lot recently, especially with having a third baby and sort of already planning that we won't travel as much. Thinking about buying a camper van and yeah, travelling around Wales more and seeing more of what we've got right on our doorstep in a camper van, mm. which would be fun. But yeah, it'd be, it's a perfect place for a road trip. Yeah. So the boys, well, I guess, as you said, they just love everything. Yeah. <laughs> so they've got a good appreciation for Wales. Yeah. I mean, they're probably too young to sort of realise yeah. the difference between England and Wales and stuff. But they're very outdoorsy um, and always want to be on the beach and, yeah, always want to be out and about. Is there some cool um, accommodations in Wales, like tree houses and Yeah, there's loads weird of cool things glamping like things. Yeah, loads of weird things, yeah. You know, see tree houses and yurts and all that kind of thing. And, yeah, there's just loads to choose from. And Airbnb is a really good place to find them now as well. They're yeah. all on there. And they're really cheap as well. And there's a really good thing with the family because, um, I don't know, maybe if a year it's like £80 a night and you can all stay in there. Um, it's just a really affordable way to have a weekend away. Yeah. Maybe I need to see more of Wales then. Yeah, you do. It's like a road trip. <laughs> so apart from Wales, where else around the world has really amazed you? you said Australia. We've covered oh. Australia and Wales, that's it. <laughs> where else is there? <laughs> um, oh, really enjoyed Finland. We went to Finland. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, around about this time last year. That was amazing. Loved it. But it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, even just a drink, like yeah. not even an alcoholic drink, just to yeah, drink is expensive, isn't it? Yeah, leaving your hotel is expensive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did love that. Um, loads of places. I just feel like it's it's hard to like compare anywhere because everywhere is so different. Yeah. I often get asked, like, where's your favourite place? Yeah. And it, I could just say one of 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of it's down to who you're with and what you're doing. Yeah. And I think because a lot of the trips I've taken have been press trips. That's very different to going on holiday with your mates. Yeah, it's work, isn't it? Yeah, and you can't really compare that then. Yeah. Because, I don't know, you could go somewhere really, really kind of crap with your mates, but you have just the best time ever. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are, it's about who you're with. Yeah. So, yeah, I just find it really hard to compare. So, um, obviously, you're pregnant, but do you have any trips coming up out of the UK? Um, I'm going to Montenegro in June. Ooh. Yeah, nice. so that'd be really nice. I've heard such good things about that. And I feel like it's kind of an up-and-coming kind of place. People are getting a bit more interested in it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that'd be really fun. Yeah, I feel like people are turning on to Montenegro as they turn a bit off Croatia because it's just so busy. And Yeah. Well, I haven't been to Croatia for years. It was probably about four years ago I went. And it was busy then, but not. I, not as busy as it is now, I think. Yeah, I think um, it's just got more expensive as well, I guess especially for Brits. I think Brits are looking for cheaper destinations, aren't they, because of the pound, obviously. Yeah, definitely. So I went to Romania recently, and that was really cheap. Stayed in a nice hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh my God, that was the best thing ever. <laughs> we were talking about this, like, I don't know, with a nice hotel, half the people are like, oh my God, I want to do that. And the other half are like, oh no, why would you do that? Yeah, it sounds chilly. Yeah, it's chilly. <laughs> it is. Uh, but it was really fun. I feel like it was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. You do it once, you take it off the bucket list, probably won't do it again. Yeah. But I'm really glad I did it. What are your plans for Montenegro? I don't know, actually. Oh, right. I haven't planned it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so that's going to be a press trip, so basically they'll put it together for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll see. Because that's the thing with press trips, isn't it? You don't really know what you're going to be doing. Um, and that's why I don't really do that many of them either, because I I like to be in control of planning everything and booking everything, 
And I feel like when I've done all the research and planned everything, I can be much more useful to people. Yeah. And you know what's happening yeah. when you're there as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, otherwise, you feel a bit like a child on a school trip. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird as well with the press trip when you get the itinerary the day before. Yeah. And you're like, uh, I've got no time to research all these places. I'm trying to pack. and. Yeah, exactly. And there'll be somewhere on it that you don't know. And I always just feel like a bit of an idiot. Like, you ask them, like, what are you doing in Montego? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, just going. Yeah. I'll just go and follow someone around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really do many press trips. Um, I prefer to do everything myself. Yeah. Um, which obviously does mean that then it costs, but I just feel like in the long run it works out way better. Yeah. Because I'll produce much better content and other opportunities come because of that better content. Yeah. Yeah, for me personally. So if anyone does want to follow your Montenegro trip or got any questions about children, travelling with children, anything else we've talked about, where can they find you? They can find me at The Travel Hack everywhere. So my blog's thetravelhack.com and then I'm The Travel Hack on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest. Okay. Well, thanks very much for joining me today, Mum. Thanks for having me. Bye. Well, Monica makes it all sound so easy, doesn't she? Let's all just go out and procreate and take our babies on aeroplanes. Sounds fantastic. I would love to know what you think of that and if you have found it as easy as Monica has found it to travel with babies and young children, uh, you can let me know at Vicky Flipflop on all the social media and feel free to drop Monica a message as well at The Travel Hack. Thanks for listening today and I will speak to you next week when I have another exciting guest. Bye!